Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we discuss the pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. My name is Arun Kumar, and I'm the driver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? Great. Good morning, Arun. Good morning, listeners. We're on episode 26. We've reached our first quarter life, I guess not our first, our only quarter life crisis, which means we are listening to classic rock. And <laughs> <laughs> this and is what constitutes as a quarter life crisis. Uh, I, I've been listening to this kind of music forever. <laughs> I've been listening to this kind of music since I was about 13. So that's, uh, I, I hope I live longer than <laughs> 52 years. I got a head start on you. Oh. <laughs> you're older than me by a little little less than a year i think yeah so, count it maybe anyways as you saw from the title we're talking about becoming a better driver again and i just got back from about a week on the road and doing a lot of ubering slash borrowing cars that are electric and same but without the uber and the electric cars because you drove because I drove, yeah. That's barely fair because it <laughs> completely negates the point of what it, I'm trying to make. It does. <laughs> Which is, it's always so nice to come back home after being on a road trip, or not a road, not and on any, any kind of trip any besides trip, yeah. a road trip, where you're, you know, either driving crappy rental cars, which, you know, that's that's acceptable, um, but or just not driving at all because you're you're ubering between places your travel is just for work and you don't really need to have a car for anything else and i've done a lot of that in my life where i'm gone for anywhere from you know two days to two weeks and just not being behind the wheel and i really hate those periods of time yeah i i will tell you when i do the 1400 mile round trip you know once a year and we take heather's edge you know, it's only it's only a, a, a four cylinder turbo thing. But when I get home and get in my car, it's like warp speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And for me, actually, you know what that was most recently? It was when my M3 was in the body shop getting that full respray for five months, March, to, March to August damn that's a long time to wait i missed missed the whole summer yeah and and actually it was it was right after i dropped it off at the end of march that i blew up my e46 so i didn't have any fast cars to drive for the entire summer of 2022 i literally only drove my truck oh you poor soul it was a it was hard it, I, my uh, my 2015 f250 power stroke uh <laughs> you probably got in your m3 and you're like what do i do with this again i'm so low i'm too low to the ground you know my a lot of people in my family have have come to that realization when suvs started getting more popular and they moved out of their nissan maxima toyota cressida pontiac sunbird mm-hmm. into gee sunbird <laughs> it was a 19 19- 83 yeah. or something like uh-huh. that. Uh, but so they they got out of the Maxima and into a Forerunner. And when that happened, it it was this point of no return where they just said, oh, it's so nice to be this high up and be able to see everything. I don't ever want to drive a low car again. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> that reminded me of another point. So in He's laughing because I'm shaking my head. <laughs> the, about never wanting to drive a low car again. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2018, I had my Infinity Q50. And it was awesome because I had 300 horsepower V6 twin turbo sports car with a sport plus mode. And I put sway bars on it and a spoiler and plasti dip some stuff. This is oh, cringe. man. Plasti dip. <laughs> yeah. But I told my friend I, and we were going to a big, big, famous import car show in the Bay Area that is famous for its slammed stanced cars with ultra camber and was it import face off? It was Week Fest. Oh, okay. Have you heard of Week Fest? I can't say that I have. It's spelled W E K and pronounced Week. Okay. Me, I would definitely call that Weck Fest, but okay. I did at the time too until the <laughs> announcer came over the loudspeaker and said, Welcome to Week Fest. And we looked at each other like, What the hell is he talking about? Week Fest? <laughs> What a dumb name. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyways, that's what they called it. And so we were waiting in line for tickets because it was a very, very popular car show and the line was around the block of the convention center. And I I can't remember exactly what we were talking about, but my friend had driven us there in his slam to the ground E36 M3 on Broadway static coilovers with like a 15K spring rate, like really hard slammed perfect stancy suspension it was and, and i remember getting out and being like this is really cool but i just can never fathom doing this to my own car because i have to daily my car i live in san francisco i can't have a low car and right before i moved out of san francisco i put lowering springs on that q50 and then as soon after I moved and I had bought my E46, I put coilovers on my E46 and dropped it by like three inches. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> and I've never had a normal heighted car since. <laughs> I know, like I get the itch every now and then to lower my Audi and I'm, I just think to myself, like, do I really want to go through this again of possibly scraping on anything? <laughs> like, Well, yeah, so my... My M3 is very low. My E46 is fairly low. All three of the cars I had in London, I've either put lowering springs or coilovers on. Mm, what else? Uh, my truck is lifted. I think the only car, and I don't technically own it, Evelyn does. The only car that hasn't had a height adjustment is her Tesla. Okay. Even but though those it looked look kind of cool, they do it was cool. lowered. They do look cool lowered. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only car I've ever lowered was my Mustang. I only went an inch and a quarter in the front and a half inch in the back, <laughs> so it wasn't like anything aggressive. But I still drug the exhaust and just about everything. Is it just that there's really steep kind of um, embankments? We, we into have parking some, lots, or yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Like my, my driveways terrible for it hmm like terrible mine i I have to go down mine sideways and i own too many cars so i park a car right at the end of my driveway which limits my ability to go down sideways but yeah it work i don't scrape the m3 the the problem with mine was is the way that the long tubes sat Hmm. and then having a point on the car yeah then having a three inch cat back attached to them (laughs) like there there really isn't 
there's not a ton of adjustment you can make. I mean, yeah. you, you can get it as perfect as possible, but like, and there are some sometimes going over speed bumps or going up into Oof. somebody's curb. Like I would like crawl over it and just hear, hear the scrape. <laughs> like every time I'd, I'd look up in the air and you see like my H pipe just covered in scratches. Ouch. Damn. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, that's it, it looks better. I think that's the point. It sounded yeah. great. So, <laughs> well, OK, fine. The exhaust sounded great. If you had a stock exhaust, you wouldn't have had the scraping issue, but you had a card that both sounded great and looked cool and yes. handled better because it was lower. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So it was worth the scraping <laughs> anyways, tangent to becoming a better driver. Okay. So if you want to become a better driver, lower your car because you'll find that you need to pay more attention to potholes. You need to pay more attention to speed bumps. You need to pay more attention to, the the entry exit ways from from public parking lots and uh you also get to appreciate cornering at higher speeds with more grip and better body balance and it's just a great experience so do that feel like a race car driver immediately yeah or launch your car at 6800 rpm and be able to actually dead hook and go is that a weight transfer issue yep so yeah. you, you can't be low? Uh, no, you can <clears throat> be, but the, the spring rate differences. Okay. Add, add some sh- add some better shocks in there. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely helps with the, the weight transfer and keeping the car down versus going down, unloading, and then hazing your tires. I'll take your word for it for now. I <laughs> know yeah, you're not a drag not racer. A, not a drag racer. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we got three. we got three more tips for you to be aware of as you go about your driving on public roads, commuting to work, taking the kids to school, going to soccer practice, whatever. This is, this is three things that we believe are going to help you become a better driver. And we believe that this, the, the, the country is seriously, what's the word I'm looking for? Seriously, without talent on the roads. And if we're able to help one person drive better because of this podcast, we'll have succeeded with our endeavor. Yes. Ideally more than one, but we'll start with one. Yeah, I'll take one. <laughs> so can you live in Omaha if you're that one? Yeah. Let's <laughs> one less person to piss off Dan on his commute every morning. <laughs> okay. So Three things, like I said. The first one actually is not public roads. It's parking lots. And specifically, this is talking about parking lots that are busy. They have a lot of traffic. They have people coming in and out all the time. Usually you're in there for 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, an hour. And it's a very transactional place where there's a, you know, it's a strip mall with a laundromat or a dry cleaners or a grocery store or a flower shop or a place to get lunch. There's a ton of stuff going on, a ton of people coming in and out of that parking lot. It's busy. And you have probably found yourself in a couple of situations in your life where there is a huge traffic jam in that parking lot caused by somebody being unaware of what's going on in the the streets of the parking lot as they back out of their spot. Somebody's barreling down 
their little what's the word I'm looking for? Their row, their row. Uh, yeah, row. That'd be right. So somebody's barreling down their row, and they come up on somebody who's got their reverse lights on, and they think, "Oh, that person sees me. They're not gonna. They're not gonna." back out right in front of me are they and then they back out right in front of you yeah they they don't see you even with a camera <laughs> yeah even with one of those <laughs> fisheye cameras that has 180 degree visibility and their the rear end of their car is parking poking out of the spot so they you are definitely on their camera screen but they're not paying attention to that no so unfortunately that happens a lot now we have a solution we have a solution to this come back after our commercial break if you want to hear it no, just kidding. I was going to say, are you are you really doing this right now? Are we doing an ad read? <laughs> okay. No, we're not. Okay. Here's what. It, here's the solution. Back into the parking spot. Now, your first your first thought is, oh, these are just two douchey car guys telling us to back into every single parking spot they can find because it's cool. No, I found a justification for backing into parking spots. I- I can't wait to hear it specifically because I agree with you. Uh, I, I I should probably do it more, but like it totally goes against like any sort of like driver training I've had to take with my corporate company. Hmm. Like they're so against backing up. It's unreal. Just backing up in general. Yeah. Well, so that, I mean, that is interesting because the inherent danger is that you're backing up into an area where you cannot see everything, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, well, you know, we don't know maybe the exact reason why they don't want fleet drivers, professional drivers backing up often. But I would think the key is that you're not able to see as much behind you as you are in front of you. That's just, yeah, you, the there's a bigger, of, there's a bigger blind spot. Mm-hmm. It's the nature of how cars are built. It's, just where you're positioned in the car. It's the fact that no matter how many cameras they put, you're not staring straight out this big piece of glass windscreen in front of you. You're having to crane your head around or look at all these little camera screens. It's just not going to be as good. You're not optimally able to see that area behind you. Now, consider this. If you're in this busy parking lot of a strip mall, would you rather be backing out into a known quantity like an empty parking spot or would you rather back out into a potentially unknown area of the row where there's a lot of traffic? Ooh, ooh, I know the answer. What's your answer? Park in the back of the parking lot where there's nobody. No, no, this is a, it's a, <laughs> it's a parking lot that is I, not nearly big I enough. Know, I make it a joke, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, back in there that way. Uh, I don't get creamed <laughs> leaving. Yeah. So imagine if every time you left a parking spot, you didn't have that stressful, stressful situation of thinking, oh no, I'm going to creep out and the car next to me is too big and I can't see around it. And they did a horrible parking job. Oh no, I just, I, you know, I'm going to creep out and hope people stop for me. Hope nobody hits me. Cars even have that rear cross traffic safety alert warning. Mm-hmm. You know, where the side of the bumper has a sensor in it and it'll auto brake your car if you're about to back into traffic. Assuming it goes off. Mine never does. OK, yeah. So assuming it goes off, even that's that's a faulty safety feature. Yeah, I would not call that 100 <laughs> percent at all. 
Damn. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I not get exasperated here. <laughs> easy for me too. Okay. So that's the, that's the first point is that you want to back into a parking spot because you can, you can understand conceptually that it is nothing more than an empty parking spot. And the only thing you really have to be aware of is a pedestrian walking into an empty parking spot, which is probably a rarer occurrence than a car or a pedestrian walking into the row of, of traffic that you're potentially backing into. If you've gone front facing into the parking space. Ooh, ooh, I have a question though. What's your question? What do you do in the event that there is a ton of traffic behind you and you want to back up? You know, what about those, those people that think that you're giving up a spot and they're going to sneak in there, get too close to you. So big traffic on. Big, big traffic jam in the parking lot. Turn signal. Do you think that always works, though? Mm-hmm. Do you think people adhere to that? Okay, so here it is. I'm just putting <laughs> hypotheticals out there. Okay, so envision, envision your parking lot, and you've got cars coming from both directions, and in the middle, you're at the front of one of the lines. Yep. Of the two facing lines going in opposite directions. You're at the front of one of the lines, and there's a spot open on your right Yep. So, you know, you're looking straight ahead. You see an open spot to the right. Turn signal, right turn signal on. Then you cut to the middle of the lane and then you go back to the right so that you aim the front of your car towards the opening of the parking spot. But before you get there, you basically pull a U-turn. And now you're blocking both sides of traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Now Um, you've made everybody grumpy in the row. (laughs) Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. So you do that. Now you've blocked both sides of traffic. You've ex- asserted your dominance that you're getting that damn spot. And then you back in. And sure, maybe somebody's like, oh, what the hell? What are you doing? <laughs> but now think if you hadn't done that and you'd gone in forwards. And when you come back, there is a similar traffic jam. Now you have to inch your ass out into that same traffic and basically pull the same maneuver in reverse. Yeah. And so the reason why I, I brought that point up um, is because I think that there's a general timidness to backing into a space, especially when there's, you know, quite a bit of traffic, say you're mm. in a small parking lot and it's lunch hour and there's a bunch of restaurants around the par- whole parking lot's packed. I think there is a level of timidness um, with today's drivers when it comes to doing that. What do you think causes that? Confrontation hmm. uh, would probably be at number one. Um, you know, just slowing down in general because uh, it does take a little bit more time. Uh, it, it, it could be a number of reasons. Uh, af- afraid to hit anybody. Hmm. Uh, I'm just throwing out guesses. I don't know the answer to that. but So... And and this is part of, you know, a challenging behavioral change. It's it's not that it's going to make your life better necessarily. It's that it it opens it it provides less risk to making your life worse. Which yes. means on yeah. the on a regular basis, you're not really gonna realize the value of it until I tell you about one of the other benefits of backing into parking spots. Oh, what is that benefit? Everybody else goes into parking spots forwards, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part. 
if you're backing in your driver's door, assuming all the cars in your row are left-hand drive, your driver's door is going to be next to the passenger side of the car next to you. And your passenger door is going to be next to the passenger door of the car on the other side of you. Yep. Uh, wait, no, I'm sorry. The driver's yeah, yeah. door, your driver's door is going to be next to the driver's door uh, yeah, of the car gonna, next to you. I was going to say, like, yeah. wait, wait, hold on a second. My what bad. is he saying here? Yep, there we go. <laughs> I was like, you make sense if it's a four-door car. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Irrelevant to that. Yeah, driver's door to driver's door, and on the other side, passenger door to passenger door. This gives you the opportunity to provide ample room for both parties to get into the driver's side of their car and eliminate the possibility of somebody getting into the passenger side of either car, which is already irrelevant because you're in a parking space and you can back out of a parking space to let people into the passenger side of their car. Sorry, not back out. You can get out of a parking space (laughs) to allow your passenger to get in the car. And that's okay. It's much easier to control the space in a small spot when you do that, because you can basically just run yourself the passenger side of your car right up against the line. And on the other side, you have a ton of room. Have you, have you experienced that? Um, I'm trying to think of the last time I would have experienced that. Because parking lots just aren't that full. Uh, no, I usually park in the back and walk my happy butt into wherever I'm going. Mm. At least I, I try to. Space. Yeah, I That's mean, it's a Nebraska uh, thing. Yeah, it's a Nebraska thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you get, you get a Walmart parking lot cable of like 500 cars, and there's only like 25 in the lot. I still park in the back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the walk never hurt anybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. We'll skip that point then because you clearly don't understand. I I don't, I don't because I never do it. (laughs) Okay. In really busy park. And so, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of roll this into yet a third point that makes it better to back into parking spots. (laughs) Um, If you back into parking spots, you put your turn wheels further out of the spot. Yep. Now I, am not an expert in geometry, but I know that it's easier to maneuver into a parking spot backing in than it is going in forwards. Uh, yeah. Cause you're like the way, like, how am I going to describe this? It's, <laughs> it's not that it's not that your turn radius is better, but like the turn accuracy it is more clear. Well, like it's the same. It's the same thing when you're moving forward because your your tires are up front. Like you're able to turn more precisely, mm. and it's the same thing going backwards because they're they're in front of you, and that like a full turn on the wheel reversing may only be like a half turn backing up because they're. I, yeah, I'm trying to describe what. This. <laughs> Because it, it to, to me, to me, backing up and turning is, is much more precise. Yeah, because well, like you have to, you have to do more of a turn going in forward. At least for me, in my turn race, my car sucks. So here's where I was going to take it: is that the if the turning wheels are the back wheels, 
you have more influence over the angle. There of, you go. That's what I was looking for. Of yeah. the thing that you're you're doing. Yeah. I guess you could think of it like uh like the big like monster dram trucks mm-hmm. where they have the rear wheel steering because they can turn yeah. on a dime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they can literally do 360 donuts in a in a I don't know how to describe it, in a space no bigger than the truck. Right. That's pretty impressive. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just try it. See it. We're not yeah. we're not the experts on this, obviously. Just it's easier. Try it. Yeah, it's easier. It's easier, turning is easier. <laughs> Just let your let your neck and your eyes looking at a backup camera do the job that your poor stressed out mind used to do. Yes, I'm being patronizing right now. Your poor stressed out mind that couldn't back out of parking spots. Now all you have to do is back into a parking spot and your life will be so much easier. Ah. Okay, we're done. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, that is that's point number one of becoming a better driver. Point number two, zipper lanes. Yay. Now, we've talked about <laughs> zipper lanes before. And just to give you a refresher, a zipper lane is where two lanes become one in a merge. That's about as simply as I can put it. Usually it happens... Um, well, there's not really a usual. It it happens in a lot of places. Freeways in California often go from five lanes to four, four lanes to three, whatever. That's a very commonplace zipper lane. Any merge onto a freeway where there's no two, there's no explicit merge only lane is a zipper lane technically or a zipper effect. And then I guess the most common one is I'm about to fight you on the technicality of emerging lane. <laughs> well, okay. And actually to, to the point we're trying to make today, what, what is most important to acknowledge is let's say you're about to go into a construction zone. There you go. That's number one. It's usually two lanes, but the right lane is under construction or it's housing equipment right now. So they've blocked it off. They warn you about it 500 feet ahead of time and then or shorter no, no. For the purposes of this, 500 feet ahead of time. <laughs> and then you see the bright orange cones up ahead. They're at a slant directing you into a single lane where there are already cars. That's the one we're going to talk about today. All right. <clears throat> okay, people. You need to learn how to get along and cooperate. Don't immediately merge when you see that you're going to need to merge in 500 feet. All that does is it reduces the amount of space that's available for people to use the road. Because when you merge early, there was an ample amount of road in that lane still available for you to use. I don't care if you think that you're being rude to the people who are already in the continuing lane. That's not the point. The point is that by merging early, you're actually creating more traffic. Because you're cramming the same number of cars into a smaller space by deleting the last 500 feet of a lane. Artificially. Yeah, so what you're saying is go to the end of the zipper and merge as you're supposed to. Merge with the cones. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the backlash to that, the, the counter argument. Those people in the lane that's going to end are cutting the line. That's the mentality here. Yep, and here. 
and it causes people to do really, really dumbass shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, really dumb shit. Like, they'll block the the ending lane. Yeah, I've got they'll one drive right in the you. middle. Yeah. You said you've got one for me? Oh, yeah, but my, <laughs> my example's not 500 feet. Okay. So... Uh, if any Omaha natives uh, are listening to this, you will understand what I'm talking about. Uh, there is a there is a zipper lane that is just south of Center Street on a hundred, on 180th Street, and it's it's you come up to this first light after getting on 180th South, and uh, you you get to the light and it's red, and you notice that there is a an implied zipper lane that's there's no signage prior to this light. But you only have about 100 feet to do it. And uh, if you don't merge, you will end up in protected uh, Nebraska State Parkland. <laughs> and um, the amount of people that I, I see race to 100 feet is insane. Like, just merge like you're supposed to, or you'll end up like the guy I saw a couple weeks ago in mm-hmm. the protected land. Ooh. Yeah. Because they'll, they'll fight over it. Mm-hmm. It, Not the it, protected it, land, the lane. Yeah, the lane. Yeah, the lane. <laughs> and it, it it's just like, you know, this this street is two lanes up to this point for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can be nice and, you know, treat the zipper like you're supposed to and let people over. That way they're not doing dumb shit. Well, and also, so here's the here's the point, is the people who are in the continuing lane before the intersection have a sense of entitlement about uh-huh. them. They say, I am here first. I have arrived into the proper lane of continuing traffic and you jackasses in the merging lane should move to the back. That's not the intended use of that sort of traffic control system. Your intended use is that two lanes go through the intersection and then merge when they're supposed to, usually in some form of uh, what's the word alternating yeah every other or cooperative alternating zipper you know how a zipper works just do that yeah just yeah, do that and and it's like last night for me you know there i when i go to get on the interstate leaving work uh there's a there's a there's a double left and of course double left yeah like two lanes going left okay got it, got it. um and there was a, a newer Silverado, surprisingly, broke down, like, right at the front of the far left lane. Typical Chevy. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm in the, the right of the left lanes, and uh, this guy comes up, comes flying up next to me, and then, like, already is getting into my lane. Mm. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm mad, but I also don't want to fight with you. So I let him over in traffic smooth. I get through the light like I'm supposed to. Like there's no, there's no on the brakes, nothing. Mm-hmm. It, and then, and you know, you look behind you and every other car is doing the same thing and that creates smooth traffic. You can mm-hmm. get through a light. So that one worked. Yeah. That one worked. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. But I was yeah. very angry. Like I, I, was <laughs> like, I was like, you saw this truck. <laughs> well, but, but you treat it as a sounds like a sense of entitlement. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm guilty as charged. Okay, good. Glad we're <laughs> understanding that that you you have demonstrated the wrong thing to do. Oh, but absolutely. You, except, but you didn't actually do the wrong thing. You're right. You did the right, right. thing. You, yeah. you thought the wrong thing. <laughs> oh yeah. The intrusive thoughts did not win. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that. I mean, 
basically, I think I think everybody here gets the point. You know, a zipper lane is to be treated as a zipper lane. Don't be entitled and try to block people from merging. Don't race to the front of the line if you're in the merging lane just to be an asshole. Cooperate. It's not that hard. We're all on the same road and you don't need to be obscene on either side. We're all going to get to the same place right roughly around the same time. And yeah, this is coming from somebody that loves to speed. And uh, I'm, I'm fully aware that I get impatient with people who aren't going 15 miles an hour over the speed limit when I know that the difference between what speed they're going and the speed I actually want to go, I might get there three minutes ahead of them, which, you know, over the course of <laughs> hey, my that's, life, that's three will, minutes saved <laughs> over the course of my life, that will make a difference. But I also know, you know, it's not going to kill me to be on time. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you don't want to cause damage to your car by hitting anybody. You know, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want other people slamming on the brakes and getting rear-ended. And then, mm-hmm. then technically it's, it's really your fault, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's and, so many things to apply to that and why you should be cordial when you're in those situations. If it's, it's the whole, um, an armed society is a polite society. It kind of goes to that point. Yeah. Just assume that you don't want to piss off the person in the other car because yeah, it's crazy. You know, I've, been i stopped i stopped participating in road rage a few years ago and and i don't know if my dad listens to this i don't think so but in case he does I mean, whatever <laughs> he he he's pretty big on road rage he will come up to the car next to you and just yell at you through the window like closed, closed window i haven't seen that in a while yeah just idiot what the hell are you doing <laughs> and then keep on with his life and and I saw that growing up a lot. And um, I did I did that despite knowing that it made no difference. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was something that I, I would do it and then t- 15 seconds later be like, what the hell are you doing, you idiot? Like you're the idiot for trying to yell at the window at another car. And yeah, I, I stopped participating in that because I realized, you know, they're, they may not, they're probably not going to even see me. Whatever I do is not actually going to impact their behavior on the road, but maybe this podcast will. So there you this go. Is the new outlet for road rage. That's really what this I is. I can't say, I mean, I've had like internal road rage moments. Like I'll, you know, talk to myself. But I don't think I've ever yelled at anybody else on the road. I've been yelled at. Oh, I've been yelled at. I've been chased. <laughs> I got yep. chased by a Range Rover once. Yep, I, that's happened to me as well. Yep, Range Rover. Oh <laughs> uh, no, not a Range Rover. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> no, really? I, yeah, I've been uh, I've been the the target of it <laughs> for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Probably, the, probably, probably rightfully so in some cases. Well, and that was the thing about my. You know, I have I've been pulled over a lot. I've uh, I've I've done a lot of really egregious driving. But those two things never line up. I'm never pulled over for the egregious driving. I'm pulled over <laughs> for the slightly bad driving. Yeah, you're just cruising. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, my, my my first speeding ticket, I was going 13 miles an hour over in a town. It was 25 mile an hour speed limit. I was going 38. And I got pulled over and I didn't even know what the speed limit was. That in sounds that. like my first ticket. 
similar, but yeah. well, here, here's the last point to it. I was in a Honda Odyssey oh. <laughs> jamming out to FM radio and I was 16. And I didn't, I was just like, la, la, la. I'm driving yeah. to the ultimate Frisbee tournament, <laughs> just chilling. You know, I thought I was being totally safe. It's my mom's van. I'm just started driving. Nothing, nothing outrageous. Pulled over. Speeding ticket. Ridiculous. (laughs) That town was just out to get money out of their tickets. Yeah, the the one for me was too. I was going on a date on a town outside of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. It was a Lancaster County Sheriff. And I was going around this curve doing 55, I believe, in a Mm -hmm. 45. I had no idea what the speed limit was. And and he was coming at me. I'm like, how did you even read me at 55? And and like he came Mm -hmm. up. Because you were doing fifty five, I'm like, yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> like, because yeah, like, yeah. I was in, I was in my Mustang. Like, the thing doesn't do forty very well. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like I didn't argue with him, and yeah. I took it, took my stop class, and it was mm-hmm. off the record. Yep, that's how it goes. I got it deferred for eighteen. If I was good behavior for eighteen months, didn't go on my record, and I succeeded. There you go. Yeah. Anyways, the the third. The third way to become a better driver, Dan, you wanted to take this one. So let yeah, I, I, I had a it. great, great story because uh, Arun and I were coming up with uh, with some topics to talk about as we we go through some of these becoming a better driver uh, episodes. And uh, I came up with the uh, watch out for road hazards. And uh, there there's a lot of a lot of different reasons that we can go in depth about on why you should. But I want to start you off with a very, very fun story uh, that really freaked me out when it came to this. Okay. Um, um, about a year ago, um, pretty pretty dang close to a year ago now. Or not a year ago, two years ago. I just bought my S4. Literally just bought it. It's freshly detailed. Everything's fresh on it. It's got no <laughs> miles on it. And um, there was a meetup on a Thursday night. At uh, Quaker Steak and Lube. You know, it's a car restaurant if you've never heard of one. It's just like typical bar food. And they do, do like eat, classic. Do you eat lube there? Uh, I mean, they do have these things called lube tubes that they put beer in. And te- okay. so technically, uh, All right. you could. Right. Just making sure. Um, but yeah, and I was going down there to meet some friends. And uh, there's this big traffic jam on I-80. I'm like, man, why? Like, it's traffic should be going the other way. It's dinner time. And I get to uh, the exit that I actually get off of work, and I I discovered what had happened. And this is probably only a Nebraska problem or any sort of country (laughs) uh, state problem. A truck full of pig intestines has spilled over into (laughs) I-80 across every lane. So what had happened was is that this truck, for whatever reason, slammed on its brakes and all of the pig intestines sloshed forward and came over outside of this bucket, right? All over the road. Nasty stuff. I mean, nasty. And how how did you, how did you positive identification on pig intestines? Um, I didn't know until later. So I, I actually went on like our Omaha scanner Facebook page Hmm. and was like trying to figure out like, what is this crap? Like I knew it was some sort of like animal material, but wasn't sure exactly what. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm like looking at this, and like I stopped, like dead stopped in the middle of I-80, and I'm like, 
do I move? Like I'm in a brand new car. That's not super high. Like, am I going to clear this stuff? And, uh, (laughs) I had noticed like, as you went farther in the left lanes that there, there was a rut that developed. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I cleared all these pig intestines, right? But the road was super greasy. It was disgusting. Ooh. It was slippery. Um, had I had my Mustang, I 100% would have snowplowed all of it. Like it, my my front lip would have grabbed every bit of it. And it was the most disgusting, foul-smelling crap I've ever <laughs> had on my car. I, I like I I cannot tell you, listeners, how awful it was. And my point is, watch out for road hazards uh, because they can cause some seriously dangerous situations like that. Like people don't want to drive through that crap. So you're going to have people in front of you that are slamming on their brakes like I was going, hell no. Uh, And then you're going to have a developing oily road from it because, Mm -hmm. you know, biological material doesn't do well on roads ever. I mean, if you've ever seen any sort of roadkill, um, but it was gross. I mean, it was awful. I, I'll, I'll find a, a photo for a rune later, but if, if you want to see it, uh, feel free to hit me up on our socials and I'll send it to you. <laughs> Cause it, it <laughs> was, plug. it was gross. So gross. Um, okay. So, so you started talking about this and I'm going to, I'm going to circle back to a question for you with this. Sure. So you started talking about this and you reminded me of a time in, was it February of this year or November of last year? One of the times I was driving up to Seattle from the Bay area and I leave my house at, you know, four 30 in the morning to get there by dinner time. And it's a 13 hour drive and I barely make any stops, one stop for fuel with my extended range fuel tank in my truck and super efficient trips usually. So one of the stops that I planned to make was for breakfast really early, you know, I've been on the road for an hour and a half or something like that. And I was on the road and all of a sudden this cop, this highway patrol pulls out in front of all the traffic and turns on its lights and starts swerving back and forth in the lanes. And this is a, a California thing that highway mm-hmm. patrol does where they do they it wanna, here too. It's a, it's a traffic control device, basically yeah. a tactic to just say, look, slow down. Either we're practicing this or there's a hazard. And I had been caught up in this sort of thing like three times in a month. And it was kind of annoying. So I got off the freeway. I said, screw this. It's a, it's a practice practice run. I don't want to be involved. I'm going to go get my breakfast. By the time I get back on the road, it'll be gone. Well, I got back on the road and there was a ton of traffic. <laughs> oh no. Like, Damn it. It is five 30 in the morning. It is a Saturday. What is this? This is stupid. So I'm sitting in traffic for, I don't know, half an hour, 50, 20 minutes, let's say. And the road starts getting moist. Oh no. And it wasn't raining. Oh, no. (laughs) And then it starts looking a little organic. Oh, no. And the organic material starts getting a bit thicker and it's dark. So I don't I really don't know what's going on. I just know that my front tires of my big, heavy truck and my trailer are getting kind of like 
squishy. It just doesn't feel like I'm really oh, on the road. Oh, no, and it's plastering your truck, too. Oh. No, no, we were going like 10 miles an hour. Oh, good. So it wasn't plastering anything. So then <laughs> a smell started coming into the cabin. Oh, no. Like, Is this tomatoes? <laughs> Oh, it was tomatoes? It was tomatoes. Oh, okay. That's not so bad. And then I came on a truck that had flipped over from the other side of the freeway oh. and deposited its entire load of tomatoes onto my side of the freeway. And it covered like a quarter mile. Holy cow. It was insane. <laughs> and it made the news. It was a big why do deal. I, why do I remember? I vaguely remember hearing about this. I'm... Well, I kind of think I talked to you about it once before, actually. It might have been you. I I know. I think I remember seeing this like on the Yahoo page or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I got stuck in the, the great tomato fiasco of. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's some acidic stuff, too, to be thrown on cars. Ugh. Fortunately, my truck is ceramic coated. <laughs> so maybe that explains why my trailer is so rusty. Despite it, being like two years old from California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a California. It no, it's just, you know, don't buy trailers new. It's not worth it. It's my little <laughs> PSA on that. Okay. So, so like I said, this is going to circle back to a question in that situation, which sounds pretty similar to your situation. Very. Yeah. I don't remember really practicing any super talented driver skills. Yeah, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's one of those things where you necessarily need a ton of like driver talent as much as you need awareness of mm -hmm. like the surroundings and what's going on. What's the traffic doing behind you, in front of you, to your sides? You know, can you avoid what you're about to hit? Mm -hmm. You know, is this <laughs> something that that you can technically run over uh, mm -hmm. or should you? Um there's a lot of like as far as like swerving and get out of the way and it may not be in your best interest to like I know for like example on swerving I know in Michigan when you're being taught how to drive I mean they specifically tell you if there's a deer in the road you hit it like don't swerve because you're more likely to cause more more you, harm well, to yourself or to you, somebody else you know the moose test right it, yeah I'm assuming it's similar to what I'm talking it's, about. It's uh, did you watch Motor Trend or Road and Track or Car and Driver as a kid? You know, in yeah. the late in the late nineties, mm -hmm. early two thousands, they had oh, what was his name? John something on Motor Trend. Yeah, I don't remember. So, anyways, they would do these really fairly not real world tests. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. About just on new cars and it would be comparing the new Jeep Grand Cherokee to the new Lincoln Navigator compared to the Escalade. Let's see which one does better in a, in a head to head test. And it would be zero to 60 and it would be 60 to zero breaking. And it would be doing the slalom. test. <laughs> oh, like, who the fuck is slaloming a Lincoln Navigator? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> and then, but one of the tests, which you could say is a bit more realistic is the moose test. And it's actually part of the NHTSA and HTSA national highway traffic and safety association. Yeah. I think, think that's right. <laughs> um, they're, they're crash tests mm -hmm. and it is testing stability at high speeds swerving. 
but there were vehicles that completely failed that test in our lifetime. And one mm-hmm. of them was the WJ Grand Cherokee. That I, yeah, I could see that. It flipped over during the moose test. Yeah, so so you, you're you going to end up flipping your car and rolling into other stuff. Like, yeah, so, so yeah, this is a, and especially with the emergence of cell phones, this or, is actually something that went from the moose test to the ADD test. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's not even just cell phones anymore. Uh, you own a Tesla. You see how big those screens are? Yeah, and people screw with them all the time. There's there are, I mean, I I don't know. I I never drive that thing more than 3 minutes at a time to the gym in the morning. Yeah. And otherwise I've got Evelyn in the car and I'm talking with her and I'm not messing around on the screen. Yeah, well, well, our scenarios are different, but there are I would 100% say that the emergence of those big screens and technology in our cars is definitely a distraction. Yeah. It was a distraction with a cheap Sony head unit (laughs) 20 years ago. Yeah. And then now you've got, I mean, the the sad thing and I mean, it goes back to phones, but I saw, I've seen so many people FaceTiming while they drive. I saw it yesterday. It's, what are you doing? Yep. You got, you, you're trying to go somewhere. Just drive the car. Talk dude on the was phone. In, dude was in this really nice lifted TJ. Just FaceTiming <laughs> down the road. I've seen people watching movies with mm-hmm. their phones suction cupped into their, their view. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm guilty of that one, unfortunately. I will admit I'm guilty of that one, but it is on those long road trips. Oh, yeah. Yep. And when I'm on the freeway. And there's no traffic. And if there is traffic, I turn it off. That's not to justify it. That's just to say nobody's perfect, I guess. <laughs> no, no. <sighs> I mean, everything we talk about, we can definitely come up with times where we're guilty as charged. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so to, to wrap it up, you know, we talked about backing into parking spots. It has three very clear benefits Two, at the very least. Three, if you live in a more densely populated area with small parking lots. Zipper lanes, just cooperate. Just figure out how to get along with the people in the other lane and use all the space. Because if you don't, you're just causing more traffic. The The whole premise of traffic is that flow pace slows down when there is more stuff being crammed into a small space or a limited space. That's simple chemistry. And, <laughs> and uh, there is, there, you know, if there's chemistry on the roads, you can get along with people real well. I met my wife on the road. I did not meet my wife on the road. <laughs> it, but it'd be funny if I did, because then it would really be chemistry. But you get the point. You can, you can very easily get along with society just cooperating with people and not just fighting over every last little space, especially in those zipper lanes where the space exists legally for you to use. So you should use it. That's the whole point of the road. Yep. And you'll get to your destination just as fast. Mm -hmm. And then point number three is look out for road hazards, especially if a truck has dumped all its contents on the road. (laughs) I think that's the point we're trying to make. Yeah. You know, just uh, be aware uh, don't hurt yourself by, you know, making, uh, movements with your vehicle that may be actually just as unsafe as, you know, Crashing. hitting that object yeah. you know, 
be wary of stuff that is going to cause damage to your car and others. Uh, there, there's, there's lots of things there. Um, just being, having that general awareness of things that are on the road, um, that can disrupt traffic and your life if you end up hitting something real hard. Yeah. All right. Well, so that, that's what we got for today. Hopefully you got some learnings out of this to become a better driver. And if you did, or if you didn't leave us a review, because that's one of the main things that'll help this podcast grow. Share this with your friends, share this with your co-driver, share this with your track day buddies, your, your shop buddies, your car club, your gym buddies, your coworkers, your co-founders, anybody else you think would be a good listener. Because we like good listeners. We don't like people who just don't listen. Because this is this is a very valuable podcast, but the only way in which you get value out of it is if you listen. And another reason for that is because you want to listen through the whole thing and you don't tune out because we put the ads at the end and we make them different every time. So Dan, I'll let you take it away with that segue. <laughs> we are sponsored by the by We Are Driven, um, our motivational brand behind this podcast. Um, we have a few different ways that we can help yourself with motivation and your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and passion. Um, passion is literally anything. We used to be cars. Now it's passion. Um, we have a free Discord server where Arun will wake up at 4 a.m. before the sun rises and send you some awesome motivational messages. Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, we can provide you with that link. Um you know, we have our online Instagram, weardriven.co, YouTube. Um, hopefully, weardriven.co is .com soon, maybe. Uh, it's not in the know, budget. It's not in the budget. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> uh, where you can get all of your information. Uh, Rune does post, uh, you know, reels and whatnot to YouTube and Instagram and TikTok now. That's not yeah. listed here. Um, and, you know, he, he provides top-level coaching accountability uh, with our private Discord group. Um, as well as the other members there are are going to hold you accountable as well if you decide to join the Driven Network. And, uh, you know, you can also represent your drive and wear our apparel. Uh, he's got some really nice T-shirts. I have three myself. Um, he's got hats and some other things. Um, I don't have a hat yet. I should probably get one. I haven't worn one of the hats in a while. But I wear a different branded beanie. When it's cold out and I shouldn't do that anymore. Well, I need one of those for next winter. Okay. Um, and then uh, you can find us on our uh, social media handles. Rune, what are yours? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're still working out all the yeah. dynamic. Of hey, you're the, you're podcasts. the important one here. You know, uh, your handles first friend. <laughs> my TikTok and Instagram are Arun D Kumar. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn and all of those platforms. I'm, easily accessible if you have any questions if you feel like sharing your opinions on how to become a better driver if you want to join that free discord server and and get the 4am motivational messages i'll make one correction to what you said about the 4am motivational messages you said that i wake up before the sun rises now that's not always true oh is it up now not at four in california oh but i've been to alaska in the summer oh okay I think it rises at 2.30 a.m. sometimes. Uh, sometimes it doesn't go down. Sometimes it doesn't go down. So, yeah, it, you know, 
I'm more about I'm more about the 4 a.m. thing. I love the darkness because I think it it just gives you a competitive advantage in life. But uh, you know, sometimes the Earth in the northern hemisphere doesn't allow for that. It's true. So what's your social media, Dan? Yeah, you can you can find me on Facebook, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn is Dan Larue, um, Instagram I'm Dan underscore Larue. And then uh, on TikTok, I'm DLaRue95. Uh, if you choose to send me a message there, I'll get to you at some point. <clears throat> read my messages on TikTok. But so, you did just post an Instagram reel. I did. It, it did well. It, yeah, surprisingly, with as little as hashtags as I used, it, like I didn't exactly promote it like to be viewed. Right. <laughs> it was more for me. Organic growth. I guess, yeah. So now, <laughs> now, now, now you might see me on Instagram doing reels. You got hooked after yeah. one post. You're like, oh shit! I uh, can yeah. access the world. Yeah, I'm doing <laughs> things. What <laughs> influencer incoming? <laughs> Anyways, okay, that's all we got for today. I hope you become a better driver because of this podcast, and we appreciate you listening. This has been Arun and Dan. Until next time, stay driven. <laughs>